fans to episode number 134 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get $10 off of your first order. And today, big news for you guys, the NHL Players Association has approved the NHL's return-to-play proposal. What do we know about this so far? As has been the rumor, we are going to be getting a 24-team playoff tournament, and the Rangers are in. The Eastern and Western Conferences will be divided. There will be no playoff matches between Eastern Conference teams and Western Conference teams until the Stanley Cup Finals. And under this proposal, the Rangers will be the number 11 seed in the Eastern Conference. That sets them up for a matchup against the number six-seeded Carolina Hurricanes. It's an interesting matchup, and it's one that we're definitely going to dive into in future episodes. Today, I'm kind of just going to take a a broader look at, you know, returning to play, the challenge that it presents, what kind of questions still remain, and just kind of going through the playoff bracket as it's currently set up. But yes, it Assuming the league does indeed restart here, they will dive straight into the playoffs and the Rangers will be matched up against the Carolina Hurricanes. The first round will be a best of five. And it's an interesting matchup for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, the simple fact that the Rangers are 4-0 and against the Carolina Hurricanes this season. They have more or less dominated the Canes. Uh, they have outscored them 17-9 to in those four games. Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin just went off in, in a lot of those games. They both have a lot of points. Like I said, we will break down this series in greater detail in a future episode. We'll talk about, you know, some key matchups, uh, some potential X factors on the Rangers, and, you know, maybe we'll even talk to the guys from Lockdown Hurricanes. We did a crossover episode with both of them a while back, had a lot of fun, just talked some hockey, and, uh, you know, it'd be great to do that again. But, like I said, we'll save most of the preview for Rangers Hurricanes for another episode. The other interesting fact here, there are 31 teams in the NHL, and of all those teams, only two teams in the entire league voted against the format for the playoffs, the return-to-play proposal. The final was 29-2. to The only two teams that voted against it were the Tampa Bay Lightning and, yes, the Carolina Hurricanes. And you do have to wonder... Uh, are the Hurricanes trying to dodge the Rangers? And I think if you're a player on the Rangers, you can kind of use this. I don't even necessarily want to say bulletin board material because bulletin board material a lot of time is is when your team has been disrespected. If anything, it's quite the opposite here. The Hurricanes have a ton of respect for the Rangers. They don't want to play them because they know that they've struggled against them this season. Even Henrik Lundqvist, I, I believe he's beaten them twice this season. I have to look this up, uh, but he definitely beat them at least once and completely dominated them in one of those games. Uh, just made save after save after save. And like I said, the Rangers are 4-0 against the Canes. I don't think the Canes won any part of the Rangers here in this opening round. It'd also be interesting to hear why the Tampa Bay Lightning voted against it as well. But hopefully we'll find out in the coming days and weeks. And just to run through the entire you know playoff bracket here, we'll just go round by round here. We'll start in the Western Conference. We'll work our way back to the East. You've got, with... With buys in the first round, the top-seeded 
St. Louis Blues, number two Avalanche, three Vegas Knights, and four Dallas Stars. And as far as the play-in round, you've got number five Edmonton against number 12 Chicago, number six Nashville against number 11 Arizona, number seven Vancouver against number 10 Minnesota, and number eight Calgary against number nine Winnipeg. And then in the Eastern Conference, Boston Bruins, the top seed, number two Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, The Caps would be the three seed. The Flyers would be the four seed. All of those teams would have buys. And then beyond that, you've got the fifth-seeded Penguins playing the 12th-seeded Canadians, the sixth-seeded Canes playing our number 11-seeded Rangers, the seven-seed Islanders playing the number 10-seeded Panthers, and eight-seeded Toronto up against number nine-seeded Columbus. Now, as far as the teams with buys in each conference, and again, in the Eastern Conference, we'll focus on the East because that's obviously where the Rangers will be playing their games, but you've got the Bruins, Lightning, Caps, and Flyers. They are the top four teams. They would all have buys. The rumor right now, and I do not believe this is as of yet set in stone, but the rumor is that while the play-in round is happening, you know, while the Rangers are playing the Hurricanes and all these other sort of qualifying round series are happening, the top four seeds would all play each other in sort of a round robin to determine their own seedings, one through four. Who would be the one seed? Who would be the two seed? Who would be the three seed? Who would be the four seed? And that's been a point of contention because I don't think, well, first of all, if you're the Bruins, you probably feel like you've earned the one seed. You've got the best record in the Eastern Conference by a pretty good amount. So I think uh, from their point of view, they probably think they should already be the one seed. And it'd kind of be hard to argue against that as much as I would like to uh, fight the Bruins on that point. uh, I, I can't really go against them. They have the best record. They should be the one seed. And then the other issue that this poses for these top four teams is if you're the Flyers or the Caps or the Lightning or the Bruins, how pedal to the metal, all out, do you want to go in this round robin against these other teams? Because you're in the playoffs no matter what, and you have your bye no matter what, and you're going to have, I mean, I don't know if there's really going to be home ice advantage, but if there is home ice advantage of any kind, you would have it in your first round matchup after the qualifying round is over. So do you really want to just go full bore and just pedal to the metal and risk injury and risk just beating each other up? just to get a higher seed, or do you kind of take it easy and maybe not go all out and make sure your guys are fresh for when the round of 16 starts and your opponent has been determined? It's an interesting question. Those teams are kind of in an interesting situation there, but uh, we'll see how they all want to play it. Again, nothing is set in stone there. I do not believe. I do not believe we know for sure that this round robin is going to happen, but that is uh, you know, something that has been proposed. The other debate is, will the NHL and should the NHL go with reseeding like they usually do in the playoffs? Will they reseed after this opening qualifying round once they get into the round of 16? And, you know, there's been some debate there. The idea is, well, first of all, the NHL typically reseeds. So you have a situation where the best remaining seed, the highest remaining seed, plays the lowest remaining seed. And that's kind of how it's been for many years. And the idea that the NHL had here is that they would not reseed after the first round of the playoffs. So that would mean that whoever wins between Rangers and Hurricanes, at least if the standing state as they are right now, uh, they would play the Capitals because the Capitals are the three seed. But there's been some contention because, you know, you never know what can happen. Maybe the 12 seed Canadians beat the five seed Penguins in the first round of the playoffs. And so that would set them up. If there's no reseeding, that would set up the, the Flyers to really catch a break because the Flyers are the four seed. They would be playing the 12 seeded Canadians Whereas, you know, the Bruins is a one seed, they might end up having to play the eight seed Maple Leafs or the nine seed Columbus Blue Jackets. So, you know, which would be more fair? Should we reseed? Should we make it so that the top seed is always playing the weakest seed like we usually do? Or should we just 
do away with reseeding for this year. And I got to say, I think it makes most sense to go with reseeding just because that's how it's really always been done in the NHL. I don't see any real reason to stray away from that formula. And on top of that, you I'm a big believer you want to reward the teams that did well in the regular season. They should have, you know, a quote unquote easier path, if you will, to the Stanley Cup finals. And, you know, I know it's the Bruins, but they deserve to be able to play the weakest team remaining. That's the reward that they earned by having the best regular season records. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I would think that, you know, the most fair way to do it would be to how how they always do it. And that's to have the best seed play the worst seed. And, and we'll see if they want to go down that road. Again, that sounds like it's still up in the air as of now, but we will keep an eye on that. Uh, very interesting situation to keep track of going forward. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code Locked On and get $10 off your first box at www.builtbar.com. There are still some questions that remain. First and foremost, is this safe? Are we at a point where we feel that these teams can get back on the ice and everything will be okay? And this is not a decision to be taken lightly. This is something that I've mentioned before, but I don't think you can ever truly eliminate all of the risk as it pertains to unpausing the hockey season and having all these players back out there on the rink to start having NHL games. We've seen that this pandemic is not something to be taken lightly. However, I think it's also a case where you have to have a little bit of faith and just trust that these players would not be being asked to get back on the ice if the people in charge did not feel that it is reasonably safe. And again, you're never going to be able to 100% eliminate all risk, but hopefully by the time that we're ready to kick off this Stanley Cup playoff tournament, everyone's feeling pretty good about it and we're getting back to normal and the risk of anything happening is very, very small. And another pressing question, where and when will these games be played? There's an idea that the NHL has been looking at July as a target date for this, but it's all just rumors right now. And I think right now the best thing to do, give these teams the time they need, get as much safety precautions in place as you can possibly get in place, and basically just kind of roll with the punches and just do what you've been doing and not have anybody back out there playing hockey until we feel that it's safe. Another question that's come up a couple of times is, is this really fair to the NHL players? And this goes beyond, you know, just the coronavirus. Think about how they're going to be living. The idea is that there's going to be a couple of hub cities. It sounds like the latest rumor is that the Eastern Conference teams will be in one city. The Western Conference teams will be in another city. But... That also means that all these players are going to be away from their families while all this is going on. They're, they're basically going to be in isolation, and that's tough to ask of somebody. I mean, you think about the Stanley Cup playoffs. They typically, when there's 16 teams, like there are most seasons, it typically takes two months to get through all the rounds because each round typically lasts about two weeks, so two months for the full uh, tournament to unfold. Now you've got an extra round on top of that. So the safe bet is that it's probably going to be about two and a half months 
uh, you know, from the start of this NHL playoff tournament until the end of it. Now, as a hockey fan, that sounds awesome to me. But you do have to remember there is a human aspect to this. These players are going to be asked to be staying away from their families uh, for that amount of time, or at least that's what it sounds like. It, it doesn't sound like they're going to be able to, to go home between games, between series, or anything like that. Obviously, all that stuff is still being figured out, but that's a lot to ask of these players, to, to basically just isolate themselves for the world and then, you know, just come out of their sequestered hotel rooms to, to play hockey and then just go back and, and just continuing to, to isolate from people. So I don't know. I mean, that is a lot to ask of these players, and it's not something that should be taken lightly either. I know, listen, we all want hockey. I think the players want hockey as well, but that is, uh, that's quite a lot. That's, that's quite an enormous hurdle to clear uh, to get all the players on board with this, although it sounds like, you know, they're they're ready to, to go forward with it. So credit to the players for doing that. It's a very uh, selfless move. And I think the NHL and the players should be credited for getting on the same page here and getting a playoff tournament in, pay, in place because they're the first sport to do this. And it's a time where I think collectively this country, and you can include Canada as well, because obviously there's some teams from Canada that are going to be participating in the playoff tournament. And you got to give credit to, you know, finding a way to get this done and finding a way to restart these games, not squabbling over money the way that MLB is doing. I mean, look, I, I know that money makes the world go round and money's an important part of sports as well. And both sides want to feel like they're getting a fair deal. But hey, this is the first league out of all of them to get everybody on the same page and start to move forward because the NBA has not announced any kind of restart plan. And the MLB, it sounds like it could get kind of nasty there between the players and the owners. So, hey. We're going to get hockey. Hockey's hockey's the first one to kind of get all their ducks in a row and get this sport uh, back off the ground here and give us a playoff tournament, man. This sounds awesome. Like, I know <laughs> this is something we've talked about before as well. I know having 24 teams in the playoffs is a little bit much, and there might be some people who don't like it. But if there's ever a year to do it, man, this is the year because we weren't able to complete the regular season. So you got to be fair and let teams, these bubble teams, kind of get into the playoffs. And again, it's a big lift for the people. There's 24 cities that are going to be represented in this playoff tournament. That's awesome. And it's coming at a time where I think people kind of use that little bit of a pick-me-up. A lot of people love the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we might also get some new fans also tuning in to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that leads me to my next point, which is that the NHL has a tremendous opportunity here because there's a very good chance when the hockey playoffs start, this is going to be the only sport going on. There's not going to be any football. Even if there was no pandemic, there still would be no football because it just hasn't the season wouldn't have started yet. It's just that simple. Uh, MLB, it looks like that could be a long, contentious negotiation period, so there might not be any baseball. And NBA, they might get something done, but they might not. And even if they do, it might happen after the Stanley Cup playoffs have already started. So this is a tremendous opportunity for the NHL to get some new eyes on this product. I'm going to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs no matter what the format is, no matter which teams are in it, whether the Rangers look like they're Stanley Cup contenders or whether they don't even make the playoffs. I'm still going to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. A lot of you, it's probably the same thing. Uh, if you're listening to hockey podcasts, I get the feeling you're probably pretty into the sport and you'll check it out because, you know, obviously we're happy that the Rangers are in. That goes without saying. But the Stanley Cup playoffs themselves are just awesome. So for me, I don't need the Rangers to be in it to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously, it's better if they are in it. But what this does now, with the NHL being the only sport that's going to be in action, that's going to be having uh, you know, live games, people who are desperate to watch sports right now are going to tune in. And part of the reason I know this, uh, just to kind of use myself as an example here, if 
it was the other way around. Say the NBA was the league that was about to, to relaunch here, and they were going to dive right into their playoffs and, and just go with like a 2014 tournament or whatever it might be, and say hockey still was nowhere near doing that, I 100% would be tuning into the NBA playoffs, and I'm not even a basketball fan. I don't know a ton about the NBA. I mean, yeah, technically I'm a Knicks fan, but, you know, it's very rare that I watch them. I mean, if it's Rangers and Knicks are on the same night, I'm watching the Rangers every single time. But if it was, if the NBA was the only choice right now and they were coming back and they were just going to jump right into their postseason tournament, man, sign me up. I don't think the Knicks would make it, but I would just pick a random team to root for and it'd be fun. And, and hopefully with hockey doing that right now, hopefully this means that some casual hockey fans or maybe some laps fans who haven't watched hockey in a long time or maybe some people who have never watched hockey at all are going to tune in to see what it's all about and see if they become hockey fans and see if they can get into this a little bit. And we know how great the Stanley Cup playoffs are. So that's a great time for a prospective fan to check out the sport is when it's diving into its playoff tournament. There's also, I think this could also work in the NHL's favor as far as getting some new eyes on the product. There's just the novelty of the fact that this is likely going to be in empty arenas. I mean, it's too bad. It's really, really unfortunate that fans likely will not be able to attend these games. But as far as people watching at home, people who don't really watch hockey, they might be intrigued just by seeing like, huh, you know, there's going to be the Stanley Cup playoffs and the arena is going to be empty. That's going to be weird. I wonder if I can hear the players talking to each other. I wonder, you know, what that's going to be like. I wonder, you know, I don't know. It's something. There's something to that, though. There's a certain novelty to it. Listen, it would be better with these arenas packed to the rafters with screaming, rabid fans in the Stanley Cup playoffs, as is usually the case. But there is something that's going to be very unique about this. I'm not saying it's going to be better. I don't think it will be nearly as good as having fans. But it's very, very different. And I think there's a novelty factor where people who may not watch hockey might tune in just to see, yeah, weird, empty arenas, you know? I, I don't know. I, I just think it's something that could, in a roundabout way, uh, work in the sport's favor just in terms of giving non-hockey fans another reason to just tune in it and just check it out, see what it's like. But the NHL absolutely needs to take advantage of being possibly the one and only sport that's going to be in action. And look, this pandemic is obviously a, a very unfortunate thing that has happened. It has claimed lives. It has affected other lives. There are people who have lost loved ones. There are people who have lost friends. It's a terrible thing. And obviously, I wish this never, ever, ever would have happened. But we are living in very unique times right now. And the NHL, if it does relaunch even though it's in a very strange way, a very regrettable way with this pandemic happening, the NHL is in a position where it has a chance to grow the sport and increase its popularity. But the NHL really has a chance to step it up in a lot of areas. And the first one that I want to toss out there is get creative with the presentation of the games. First of all, Mic up these players. Get some microphones on these guys, and let's hear what they're talking about on the ice. Let's hear, you know, the trash talk between opponents. Let's hear the banter between teammates. Let's hear all the, the sounds that come with, you know, just live hockey on the ice. And, you know, during play stoppages, instead of just having dead air time, as soon as the play stops, boom, just hit them with a replay of a player who's mic'd up. Just show something that happened not that long ago, whether it's a goal being scored, whether it's a little dust-up behind the net, whether it's an actual fight, and let's hear everything that goes down on the ice. And, you know, as long as you don't do it live, you don't want to do it live, because if you do it live, there's going to be a bunch of F-bombs coming into your living room, and I don't think parents with young kids are going to be too happy about that. So that's out. Don't do it live. But once it's already happened, you know, the TV production people can pick and choose what they show and, you know, just show an incident where the players aren't swearing. And I think you're good. And that allows fans to feel a little bit more connected to the players. And I think that's what fans want of any sport. They want to feel that connection 
uh, with the players. The other idea that goes along with this as far as the presentation of the games, use some unique camera angles. The NHL, I think, does a better job of doing this than a lot of sports. Like, one of my pet peeves with football, and, and especially the NFL, because I watch more NFL than college, is you always have the same exact angle on every single play. And it's been like this for at least 30 years, probably longer. And it's always that same hard angle where, you know, the offense is on, you know, say the right, the defense is on the left side of the screen. And, you know, the ball is snapped, the quarterback drops back to pass, and you can't even see the receivers, which just drives me crazy. But the NHL, I think, at least occasionally, does a good job giving you some different kinds of camera angles. You know, if there's a fight for the puck in the corner, they'll go down right to, you know, right behind the glass there, and, and they'll zoom right in on the players, and you get to see them kind of tussling for the puck. Uh, it, it's great. And another good example, sometimes when a team is on the power play, you'll get a camera angle from behind the goalie. So you can kind of get like a, a goalie's perspective at least a little bit and kind of just seeing what he sees. And, you know, you can kind of see passing lanes opening up and closing down. So I like that. I like that the NHL gets creative. I like that they play around with the presentation a little bit. But hey, you know what? These arenas are empty, which is unfortunate, but let's make the best out of a bad situation. Put these cameramen just in weird random spots all over the arena. Have a guy take a shot from, you know, the very top of the arena. Why not? Just, just have a live shot there for just a couple of seconds. Then have somebody, you know, in the lower level in the corner somewhere. Uh, you know, just get creative. Move them all around. Let the cameramen decide where they want to go. Maybe they know. Maybe they know of a good angle that they could get if I go over to this section or if I go over to that section. But you have an entire empty arena and you don't have to worry about the cameramen getting in the way of the viewers because there are no viewers. So I don't know. It's a way to, like I said, make the best out of a bad situation. Another thing you got to do, get some cameras into the locker rooms. And again, same thing with the players being mic'd up. I don't think you would show it live because there could be some colorful language in there. Uh, but between periods, have the cameras rolling in the locker room. And then once the TV production people see it and they can either censor it or just show clips when there's no swearing, uh, you know, Throw that on TV because, again, you're allowing fans who are watching this at home to make a connection with these players and these coaches. So we're living in an age where people always want to kind of know what goes on behind the scenes of certain things, whether it's, you know, a movie production or whether it's a sports league. Uh, you know, people want kind of that inside access. They want to take a peek behind the curtains, and I think it's a great way to do that. Again, make these players, make these coaches uh, a little bit more accessible, and I, I think it can only help, especially when you've got people who are tuning in for the first time because we mentioned that the NHL – might be the only league going, and so it might have people watching who have never really watched hockey before, never really given it a chance. Put your best foot forward for these people and make sure that these people are going to remain hockey fans for life. Not all of them. I mean, not everybody's going to do that, but get some new fans. Win some new fans over immediately right after the gate. Make some people wonder, man, why have I never watched the NHL before? This is awesome. And to do that, you got to go all out with the pr with the presentation of the games. Uh, mic up the players, use some unique camera angles, get cameras in the locker room, make it feel like there's a connection between the players and the fans watching at home. The other idea that I had is put some servicemen and servicewomen into the stands as fans because, you know, you go to sports games and we've probably all even been to one by now because it happens so frequently where, you know, a serviceman or a servicewoman will come home, the family member, the children are not aware of it, and then, you know, they'll have like a kid throw out the first pitch at a baseball game, the catcher will be wearing the mask, they'll throw the pitch, and then the catcher will remove the mask, and oh, it's my dad, he's back, he's back from serving. 
Awesome. Good stuff. I mean, that will never get old. Do that from now until the end of time. I don't think anybody will ever get tired of it. It really is a fantastic thing. But you know what would really be cool? You really want to reward these brave men, these brave women. You really want to say thank you. How about free front row tickets for them and their families during Stanley Cup playoff games when the entire rest of the arena is empty? Now, again, we're still doing social distancing, at least as of now. So you wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, you couldn't fill the arena with service men and service women. But get 25 or 50 people into the stadium and what you do you know say there's someone who served they're allowed to bring their wife or their husband and their children and they get their own section and then that way they still maintain distance between you know servicemen and service women and their families in the other sections so what a way to say thank you and you know i don't even want to go here necessarily but even if the nhl had selfish motives in doing this i mean it would earn them some goodwill but I hope it comes from the heart. You know, I hope if the NHL was to do something like this, that they do it out of the love and out of the respect and out of the admiration and out of the thank you that we all owe to these brave men and women who sacrifice so much. So stick them in the arenas, give them their own section, let them bring their own food. I mean, the concessions don't have to be open. Let them bring their own food. There's only 25 or 50 people. It's not going to get that messy. I mean, I know there's kids, you know, that's always a little bit of a wild card, but hey, you know, let, let them in and they can move around their own section as they desire. They can go down to the front row if they decide, you know, they want a better, a little bit more of a bird's eye view, you move back a little bit. Have some fun with this, man. Like, like, and and say thank you to these brave men and women who deserve it. One other last really random idea that I'm going to throw out there, and this one's a little gimmicky, but it, it wouldn't affect the actual on-ice product. But what you do, and I don't know for sure if there's going to be a sound guy in the arena. I don't know, because usually, you know, there's music between, uh, you know, during TV timeouts, during play stoppages, before the puck drops for a face-off, certainly between periods. There's usually music going. And... Why I, I don't know if the sound guy is going to be in the arena, so who knows if we're going to actually have music uh, for these playoffs. But if possible, if there's still a sound guy in the arena, allow fans from home using uh, social media or probably social media to request songs and, and let, let the guy who controls the music in the arena play the song that the fans are requesting. It could catch on. I mean, it, it might result in some weird song selections. I don't know. Maybe you have a list that's pre-approved as far as songs that are going to be played in the arena. But I don't know. It's just an idea. People like to feel like they're connected. And, you know, maybe a better way to do this is you have the D, you know, the guy at the uh, the arena. He says, I'm going to play one of these next three songs during the next uh play stoppage between face-offs. Which song do you want to hear? And you let fans at home vote on which song they want to hear, and then that's what song they hear in the arena. I don't know. It's just an idea. It's a way to kind of get fans a little bit more involved, and why not? You know, again, it's if there's ever a time to experiment and do some weird things, uh, do some unique things, I think that time is now. It's already strange enough with there being 24 teams in the playoffs and empty arenas, so why not do something like that as well? And the only other point that I'll make here is, you know, none of these ideas that I've just thrown out would change the game of hockey at all. Because I know that there's some people who, you know, they feel like the three-on-three overtime, that's a little bit gimmicky. It, it doesn't really feel like hockey when you're watching it. It's too easy to maintain possession. There are people who I don't think are necessarily the biggest fans of the shootouts. I mean, I love these things. I really like the three-on-three overtime. I've really warmed up to it over the years. 
And, you know, if it's still tied after the overtime, go to a shootout because who needs a tie? I mean, I know there are some people who are traditionalists who think that ties should still be a part of hockey if you play five minutes of overtime and nobody scores. But I don't need to sit around for two and a half hours or three hours uh, just to see my team tie. I want some finality. I want some resolution at the end of the game. And so that's why I like the shootouts. But I'm not touching anything in the playoffs. You know, I, I keep it as is. You do overtime. It's sudden death. Five on five, and you keep playing all night if you have to until somebody scores a goal and wins the game. But none of these ideas that I just threw out there would change the game of hockey at all. So I, I think the NHL, uh, you know, again, they they got to step up. They got to put their best foot forward here. There is a golden opportunity to get some more hockey fans, which has been a problem for so many years. It, it's always been the fourth sport. You know, the NFL's leaps and bounds ahead of it. The NBA and even MLB all more popular in this country than the NHL. You got a chance here. You got a chance to create some more fans. You got to take advantage of it. But that's going to do it for today. One last thing that I'm going to throw out there, or I suppose two last things, Artemi Panarin got engaged during this break and Ryan Strom became a dad. So a big congratulations to both of them. Really cool to hear. And hockey's back, guys. Get excited. I'm excited. You're excited. And in the future episodes, we're definitely going to be diving a little bit more into Rangers Hurricanes. Like I said, I might get in touch with the guys from Locked On Hurricanes. We did a crossover earlier in the regular season. Had a lot of fun with those guys just talking some hockey. But we're going to start, you know, identifying some X factors from for the Rangers, uh, some key matchups, and just kind of assessing, you know, can the Rangers keep it rolling against the Hurricanes? Can they continue to dominate this team the way they've more or less dominated them throughout the whole regular season? So we've got a lot to look forward to here. And we're also going to have sports movie brackets back here on Thursday as well. But that's going to do it for today. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.